How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Haunted Cafe. What's up? This is part two of Michael Malloy's, or Malloy, Malloy, whatever you want to call him, story. The man who couldn't be killed. The guy who wouldn't die. Let, let me know down in the comments which one you prefer. The man who wouldn't die, or the guy... The man who couldn't be killed. I was like, wait, what was it? The guy who couldn't, who wouldn't die, or... What? The guy who couldn't die or the man who couldn't be killed. Yeah, what he said. Carl, <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, so we're filming this pretty much a couple hours or an hour after we recorded part one. Yeah. So that's why I'm still wearing my shirt. He changed his. I had to change mine. I had a <laughs> stain on it. Anyway, he changed his shirt because he wanted to be ironic. <laughs> and now yeah. it kind of burned him in the butt because <sighs> it's kind of fucked. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so we're still chugging on our teas um i still have the decaf earl gray tea from stash from our box <laughs> <laughs> and i still have me oolong tea from london what are you twinnings <laughs> yep so, I also have my pretty cup that's a cactus. I gotta have a cauldron. Or coffin. Or coffin. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, all, links for all of this will be down in the description below. Might even throw in a link to this mic because I really like this mic. Oh, yeah. This mic is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I would definitely, like, approve of it. We got it off of Amazon. Comes in a few colors, too. I have yeah. a black one. And we have this white one, and then there's a metallic blue. I think there's a pink. I think. Maybe, I'm not I sure. Know. I think um, we used the black one before on this we probably have. podcast. So. And it's got this cool little <laughs> RGB thing going on mm -hmm. in it, too, which is nice. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Gross. Alright, so now we're on to part two. Oh, fix my nose. Um, in part one, we left you with the murder trust feeding Michael Malloy wood alcohol. Mm -hmm. Which, in case you didn't go back to part one, which you should because you're going to miss and not understand. You're going like, to miss the whole premise of yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, wood alcohol is a component used in antifreeze, paint thinner, and more instead of just like regular alcohol. Yep. So. In yeah, other it, words, it's bad. It was pretty much poison, like literal poison Excuse me, that they were feeding him or letting him drink. And he survived he was perfectly fine mm -hmm. so now that all of that didn't work they have to move on to plan number two or three <sighs> actually because the alcohol i was trying to keep count of like how many plans they came up with the alcohol just the regular alcohol itself like him drinking himself to death was number one the wood alcohol was two and then this would be the next one then right I don't know. Yeah, I'm getting confused. Multiple attempts. <laughs> we're we're yeah. on to multiple, multiple. attempts. <laughs> so, it would be Frank Pasquale who came up with the next idea, which Frank Frank Pasquale is the uh, funeral director. Um, Michael, the uh, victim, was a well-known seafood guy. He loved it. Everyone knew that, especially the Murder Trust guys. They bought him good old oysters, like usually nice friends would. But they soaked the oysters in the wood alcohol for days on end. 
And I think that they kind of wanted them to go bad and, like, ferment. So, after those, like, few days, they served him, them, while he was drunk. You heard the car horn. Sorry. We live in an apartment. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so after those few days, they served him those oysters with the wood alcohol. And I think they even served him, like, a drink of wood alcohol. So, they were, like, doubling down, you know? And, um... The guy just burped and thanked them for the oysters. He was perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> I I put in my notes. I was like, at this point, I feel like I would have given up trying to kill this guy yeah. because without making it too obvious. Yeah, because he should have been dead. Like, yeah, realistically, he should have been dead like the first or second night. Yeah. But they he just Wasn't. didn't. And I also said that like I feel. Like, he probably thinks how awesome his friends are for giving him all of this stuff. Like, free food, free drinks. Yeah. Like, in his mind, he's probably like, man, these guys are being really nice to me. They're being, like, you know, my buddies. Which, if he was, like, giving up on life and, like, wanting to end it or, you know, just not caring anymore. They might have been giving him some kind of, like, hope. Yeah, probably. It kind of sucks, but... um, Either way, they didn't stop, and they continued to come up with all kinds of plans. So, Joseph Murphy, who was the bartender at the Speakeasy, decided to take a tin uh, a tin can of sardines and left them out to rot for seven days. Mm. Yeah, which is gross. And then he mixed in some random metal shrapnel into the sardines, put this between two pieces of bread, and served Malloy the sandwich sandwich uh they all hoped that like the bits of the metal would start slashing into his organs and cause him to bleed internally which it's possible that that would happen but wouldn't you like not notice that for like a few days i guess you would feel it on the back of your throat if it's if it started right away you would feel it i guess it depends on like the damage yeah but um instead the man with the iron stomach asked for more (laughs) Um, it's either that or this dude knew what was going on and he was purposely doing this to try and end himself quicker, that's, but it just wasn't working. That was a theory I had at the end. Cause like if this guy, if the, I mean you, you can tell when there's metal, like if you buy, I mean drunk or not, you're going to be able to yeah, tell if there's metal there's shrapnel in wrong. your sandwich. Yeah. Like even, because, even, like even the next day, if you have to take a crap, you know how bad that's going to hurt and you find mm-hmm. metal in your stool, it's like, well either, even that and then like. You getting drunk, if you get drunk enough to where you can't even tell what you're eating, then you probably shouldn't be eating something. You know what well, I mean? I mean, they're drunk. I so. know. But <laughs> any anyway, so all that, you know, that happened. It didn't work. So then they decided to try the bar owner, Tony Marino's method of killing. Marino and Frank Pasquale put sleeping Michael in the back of Frank's car, drove him over to Crotona Park, where they proceeded to drag him through the snow and make him really cold and wet. Uh, They sat him up on a park bench, poured water over him, and let him freeze there, basically. Try to freeze him to death. Yeah. Um, That should work, right? You know, not suspicious at all. Well, with all the alcohol in your body, I mean, you probably wouldn't even, even... I don't know if your body feels it. Well, my thing was, isn't... Doesn't alcohol make your body heat up? 
No, or is I think, it the I th- opposite? I think it's more or less the opposite. It's bad, obviously, mm-hmm. to be drinking in like Alaska. If you're out, if you're out camp like ice fishing in Alaska, I know a lot of people drink while they do it. But if you're getting absolutely blasted drunk, and say if like, if if you fall into the water and then you get out, but there's no one else around you and you're still drunk, you're probably gonna die. Mm-hmm. Well, I know <laughs> like when people get like stuck in their cars. Uh, during snowstorms, like they get stuck on the side of the road or whatever, they tell you not to drink alcohol because I think it might make you colder, or no, it, at it, least think that you're colder. Neither one of us are drinkers, so we don't really yeah, know the I science don't. behind it. But <laughs> yep. I, I, what I'm thinking is like it makes you think that you're warming up when you're mm-hmm. actually not. And eventually, yeah. if you do that enough times, obviously your body's going to get immune to the cold, and it's not going to affect you anyway. That's you know that's what would happen way back in like like take this is a poor example but take skyrim for example all they would drink in like the coldest temperatures was mead and they Mm -hmm. would say oh it warms the body up when it actually doesn't it makes you think it's warmed up and that makes you think you can actually survive what you're going through and it all really comes down to a mental game yeah so but uh that's yeah. best. That's the best we can. <laughs> we can yeah. Come so up pretty with, much, he was drunk. He was passed yeah. out. Yeah. And they took him out there. They took off his shirt, which is like suspicious to me. Dumped water on him and then left him out on a park bench to just freeze to death. It would have been better off leaving his clothes on and then soaking in water because it would have stayed wet yeah. longer. Yeah. I I don't know why they took the shirt off. I guess to make it hit his actual like skin more. I mean, I guess, but, but if your if your clothing is freezing and it's sticking to you. Yeah, over top of your body which is already cold to begin with and you put mm-hmm. freezing cold clothes on, that's like hypothermia. Like if you're taking yeah. the clothes, they even I think I mean, they tell you to not take your clothes off to when you're when you're in like conditions like mm-hmm. that but there are also people who do take their clothes off and then they huddle together because the body heat the body heat yeah. keeps them warm yeah well so he's by himself so well, yeah i mean still i mean if, if he's a fat him. irish dude who's been drinking a lot he's probably got a lot of body heat in him yeah <laughs> well but that's why that's when you would want to keep the clothes on to yeah, yeah keep that body yeah yeah so they messed up on that part they should have yep. kept the clothes on they would have he probably would have been bad at that point yeah so anyway, so they did that, and the next day, life went on as usual. Tony Marano, uh, Marino, however you say it, probably got up feeling like a million bucks and headed down to the speakeasy to do- start his day. You know, count the alcohol bottles, make sure that the wood alcohol isn't exactly next to the whiskey, just in case someone got suspicious. So when he went downstairs, he finds Michael's frozen body passed out in the basement. This man walked all the way back to the speakeasy, which it wasn't incredibly far, but yeah. being frozen to death, almost, you know? It probably woke him up a little bit. The cold yeah. temperature probably got him out of his sleeping stupor and yeah. woke him up and was like, bro, you need to get moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he walked all the way back to the speakeasy and he actually begged Joseph Murphy, the, the bartender, to let him back in. And he did. Like, I feel I feel so bad for this guy. But it says when he woke up, he said that he was feeling a wee chilly. I'm a wee chilly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, while they're doing all of this, they're keeping up with the insurance policy payments, which is putting them in even more debt. You know, they wanted to end all of this. Like, you know, each month, however however much the insurance policy is, that's coming out of their amount and then all the wood alcohol all the sardines the yep. the regular alcohol like it's all adding up so 
I think this is like plan number five or something at this point. Um, Take 27. <laughs> yeah. One of the gang offered a friend of his, so another conspirator, conspirator, how do you say conspirator. that? Yeah, conspirator, named Harry Green, who was a cab driver, $150 of the insurance money if he would willingly hit Michael Malloy with his cab. Wow. He agreed, and so that plan commenced. I don't know who exactly was all here, but everybody got into the back of this cab with Sleeping Michael, which this guy sleeps like heavy as hell. I mean, he's drunk. I know that much, but he's like gone. This almost sounds like (laughs) it's not true. It is, though. It is. It sounds fake as hell. (laughs) I actually looked up their execution dates and stuff, so it happened. And then there's also, um, you can see the printout of the insurance paper for the one... I mean, we'll get into it, but they did get one of the insurance checks, like 800 bucks. So, they were, this actually happened. They were just really fucking stupid. <laughs> um, so, they drove to some random street, and they stopped. Tony Bastone and Joseph Murphy dragged Malloy's down the road and held him out by his outstretched arms, like T-posed him. And the rest of the group like stayed in the car um they probably did some kind of countdown three two one but then just as they were about to start a light turned on near them they found out it was just a woman turning on her bedroom light so i don't know if she actually saw anything but they were like okay everything's good so they tried again and michael jumped out of the way twice and my thing is was he awake or was he just like you know, um, delirious, you know, like, man, why am I standing in the random, in the, you know, in this road and someone's holding me up, you know, yeah, yeah. and then there's a car coming at me. <laughs> um, finally, on the third time, Henry Green or Harry Henry, uh, whatever his name is, um, he hit Michael. Hi, baby. The cat's in the, in the, in the, in the thing again. Hi. She has to show up at least. Say hi to the people. Go ahead, say hi. Say hi. Go ahead, say hi. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) She has to show up at least once. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I think I wrote Harry before, but I don't. I don't remember. Hold on, I gotta go back up. We'll be right back after these messages. (laughs) So they found out it was just a woman with her bedroom light. So they tried again. And he jumped out of the way. Uh, finally, on the third time, uh, the cab driver was going 50 miles per hour when he hit Michael. Whoa. Uh, Michael flew over the car and did it up on the ground. And then my alarm went off. And Michael woke up from his dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, after he flew over the car and landed on the ground, Hen- Henry or Harry backed over him to make sure that he was dead. Jesus. Make sure he was dead. Um, they ran off because they saw a car coming towards him, so no one checked to make sure he was really dead. That car probably saw that dude and patched him up, and they just went back to the bar the next right? day. Ugh. So, the next part of the plan was to get Joseph Murphy, a.k.a. this Nicholas Mellory, you know... The fake name's brother 
to call around to the morgues and the hospitals looking for this guy. Basically, he was looking for Michael to see if he died or to see if he was at the hospital still alive. But they're acting like it's Nicholas, so that way if he did die, it's like, oh, this is Nicholas Mellory. I can collect, you know, the insurance money. But nothing showed up. No reports of car accidents, no dead bodies, no injured people in the hospital. It was as if the car accident just didn't happen. It was as if Michael just got up and walked away. Uh, At this point, everybody is fed up. Probably Never pissed. mess with an Irishman. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, probably just pissed off at each other. You know, like, this. the, the cracks are yeah. breaking, you know? Mm. The, this friendship over it's murder falling is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Frank Pasquale began to look for someone else to kill. Um, literally anyone else that they could use as the body of Nicholas Malloy. Or Mallory. I always get them messed up because they're like so close yeah (laughs) so close i don't know why i did that but i don't know either (laughs) (laughs) anyway so he's looking for somebody else um they can't find michael they've called all of the hospitals all of the uh, morgues they can't find him but he came to them um (laughs) randomly he comes into the bar beaten and battered and looking for a drink wow um What's really messed up is that he actually told them all that he remembered about that night. Um, What he said was that he remembered bright lights, alcohol, and then nothing. He woke up at Fordham Fordham Hospital and just wanted to leave to come back to the bar. So, that also makes me wonder if he knew that they were doing stuff to him and he just didn't care. It'd be funny if he was, like, quoted at making a joke to the bartender bartender's like hey you okay what happened and then he the guy's like, i feel like i've been hit by a car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean i'm sure that i'm like how does that like come about like oh know. you must have gotten hit by a car or something you know mm-hmm. or do they just not say oh man that sucks wonder what happened type of thing yeah. you know now gypsy's moving our mic <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> sneaky cat huh <laughs> <laughs> So, I would love to say that this just keeps going and going and going, and that all these, like, attempts just fail, but, you know, eventually he does pass away. Um, seven months after they started, they attempted their final plot. Uh, they took a tube and ran it from a gaslight fixture, uh, to his mouth, and then wrapped a towel around his face. Like, basically, they got tired of the... Um, like sneaky ways of trying to kill him. They were just outright trying like to the accident. Yeah, yeah, like they were done with the accidents. They were like, let's move on to actual murder. Murder. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was murder, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it wasn't um, accidental murder. It was purposeful yeah. murder. <laughs> and if they were to do an autopsy, you would see that this was not an accidental murder. So they got a. A real doctor, but a crooked doctor named Dr. Frank Manzel. So they got Dr. Frank Manzel, a friend of Pasquale's, to file a phony death certificate uh, citing lobar, lobar, I guess, pneumonia as the cause. Basically, he had, they said he had pneumonia. Um, So they got 
one of the three life insurance policies, which was they hate 800 from Metropolitan Life Insurance Company, and so they split it. Um, I don't know how much they exactly got, because I don't know who exactly got what money-wise, but between... I said between at least the nine or ten con- conspirators, everybody would get around 80 bucks, which is nothing, you know? Yeah, especially with all the time that was wasted. Yeah, <laughs> and then all the money that they put yep. out to yep. do it. Um, and it was said that Frank and uh, Frank Pasquale and the bar owner, Tony Marino, they just went and bought suits with it. And I was like, all of this just to go buy a suit? Like, you didn't even, like... Put it towards your bar or put it towards something that would keep you going for a little bit. Come on. They just bought a suit, you know. So, then Frank Pasquale went to the other insurance company where they had the two policies and he asked for those. Uh, He was flabbergasted when the insurance officer asked to see the body. Because, like... Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the 1930s where everybody's trying to scam the insurance company. So, yeah. yeah. Um, he told the guy that the body had already been buried, which set off red flags for the company. Um, an investigation ensued where everybody began to talk, and then the murder trust gang was caught. They were arrested. Um, Frank Pasquale, Tony Marino, Daniel Kreisberg, which was the grocer who said he didn't really have anything to do with it except money. And Joseph Murphy, the bartender, um, were tried and convicted of first-degree murder. They were executed at Sing Sing Prison in O Singing, New York. Ossining? I think it might be Ossining, New York. Maybe. Um, But anyway, they were all executed. And you can actually look up their execution things. Like, their name is on there as, you know who was executed in what year and stuff like that. Um, The doctor was also held as an accessory to murder because he faked, you know, he faked the uh, death certificate. The cab driver was also uh, convicted. So John McNally, Edward Smith, um, Tony Bastion, and Joseph Maglione. I don't know what happened to them. I can't really find anything, and no one says anything. I don't know if they just kind of, like, disappeared in the background because they technically weren't, like, the first five. Mm -hmm. They all did try to commit the murder, though, so they definitely should have been, like... They all tried to commurder, yeah. Yeah, they all tried to... The (laughs) the commurder. commurder. (laughs) But they all tried to commit murder, so, like, they definitely all should have been arrested, but Mm -hmm. nothing's talked about. And it just sucks because poor Michael, he was just like a guy who happened to stumble into a bar and happened to become friends with people that were not in his best interest, you know? The wrong people. And they also just put, like, way too much effort into this. Yeah. Like, for as little money as they got and and were going to get. (laughs) Yeah. They just put way too much. Y'all, these guys, and I want everyone (laughs) to hear this. Whoever watches, these guys are the absolute perfect example of tryhards. Yeah. They, they well, because it even said, like, after a certain point in time, this became more about pride than it did the money. Yeah. Like, you, you put all this effort into it for what? For what? A suit that they didn't even get to wear because they were executed. 
just goes to show if you try way, way too hard at something and you are absolutely like severely dedicated to something and you just cannot let your pride get in the way of like, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. You're going to fail. Like you're you're considered a try hard, and it's like it's like those like those dudes that play video games, like the twelve year old tryhards that are on like Call of Duty and stuff like that. Don't I'm not a tryhard <laughs> at all, but those like twelve year old tryhards that are on Call of Duty that try to be like the top tier. It's like for what, dude? It's a game. Where are you gonna mm-hmm. get with this? Where exactly are you gonna get with this? But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if if maybe if it had stayed between the five of them and they were able to do the murder successfully, yeah, they probably would have made bank. They would have made like almost ten thousand dollars or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, you wasted so much of your effort, so much of your time, so much of the little bit of money that you had, that is it even worth it at that point, you know? Because you went, I just can't get over the fact that they just went and bought a suit. Like, this man is dead. He's literally, you know, just some random guy that they decided uh, he's not worth keeping alive, you know? And then <clears throat> the last thing I wanted to talk about was the the one thing that did keep, keep popping up in my head was, did he know, like, during the car accident, he was being ho- held up by two guys, um, but, knew he, but knew enough to jump out of the way when the car was coming? Like, mm-hmm. did he see who was holding him up and knew that, like, oh, if I say, I saw you guys lift me up, like... He, I feel like he knew somehow. Yeah, he had to have. At least at that point, he knew. Well, yeah, like I said, if he had the attitude of just not caring, just like drinking himself to death, he mm-hmm. he had a death wish, and he was just helping these guys help him end it. He was just like letting them do it because yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just sucks. Like I feel like he did know, and I feel like especially with the whole car thing. Plus, he was being drugged everywhere. Like, his whole body was just being lifted up. You can't tell me that you didn't... I mean, I guess he didn't, but... At least feel... Well, I mean, you there's also felt acting, something. too. Yeah. Like, if, I can act passed out very yeah. easily and not interact with the world, period. Mm-hmm. And I can, like... If he, if he drinks as much as they say he was drinking... Then he might have gotten he, he his body probably got so used to drinking that he never even really got like entirely drunk anymore. Yeah, it was kind of just like a stable thing. So I guarantee you, he was mostly of sound mind while all of this was happening, and he yeah. knew what was happening. He probably overheard the conversations. He's in the bar all the time. He's like he probably noticed the guy staring I mean, if, at him, if the talking two, about him. Like if the the four or five just people that happened to walk past them while they were talking about this herd. What makes you think that Michael didn't hear? You yeah, know exactly. I don't know how he survived as long as he did, though. Like he probably doesn't either, because <laughs> he drank all of that. He drank all the wood alcohol. He drank all the regular alcohol. He literally ate shrapnel. He just oysters, rotten sardines. Like it's it's, and they picked like the weirdest shit to try and kill him. Yeah. Like, like the the one like putting water. On him and taking him outside. That is a plausible thing, but at the same time, but it's, it's also unlikely. Like the slowest and ra- <laughs> yeah, most random. Exactly, thing. it takes a lot. Like your your the temperatures have to be like below twenty degrees for mm-hmm. you to just almost freeze instantly. Like yeah. it has to be below twenty. Like if it, if it's like if it's like thirty thirty five outside and it's snowing, you can sit out in the snow for a while in the cold. You'll be freezing your ass off, but mm-hmm. you can do it for a minute. And also, I just feel like like. 
with the older lady that that one guy did it to, she probably already had a bunch of health issues. She mm-hmm. was probably already like not doing as well like health wise. She just was because... considered a weak victim. Yeah, an easy victim. This mm-hmm. guy they this thought guy was, was going to not... be a weak victim, but <laughs> that the Irish man they're not they're not ones to be messed with. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> There's some, some of them are some t- tough SOBs, especially if you're going to the bar every day and drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're if you're going to the bar every day and drinking, and drinking 90% of the people in the bar, under the table, and you're still perfectly fine, and coming back the next day without any regret, there's something wrong with you mentally. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. are you are a person to not be messed with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you like this story, Tippy? Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, so that's it for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the story of Michael Malloy. Yeah. I was honestly, I listened to this first on Morbid, and I was just like blown away by like all of the stuff that they did, you know? Mm -hmm. They did too much, so much. It was just crazy, but... Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's it for this episode. Let us know what you guys think down in the comments below. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, we will see you guys whenever we do another one. Catch you later. Later.